that you don't, Stokes asked, his eyes a little narrower, his lips a little thinner, his body unwittingly betraying him with signs he couldn't control. Then I'll know he didn't kill her, Sean smiled with serpent eyes. But we will. If not now, then sometime in the future. We'll keep looking for them, that's for sure. Maybe someone else will find the gun and use it in another crime and drop it at the scene. Maybe someone will be stopped, searched and arrested for carrying it. As a matter of routine, it would be sent to the lab for ballistic and DNA testing, to see if it had been used in other crimes. If it has our man's DNA on it, we might be able to match it. If we find DNA on the gun, maybe I'll be told to take DNA from everyone who knew or worked with her. We do it sometimes. I'm sure you've heard it, seen it on the news. I see, Stokes answered, his confident veneer slipping further. Maybe sometime in the future the government will order the ballistic and DNA testing of all blank-firing guns as part of an initiative to clear up unsolved crimes, Sean continued, enjoying Stokes's torment more than he knew he should. Who really knows? But I know one thing. Forensic DNA evidence is getting better and better. We can get DNA off almost anything now, no matter how old it is. Not a week goes by when we're not arresting someone for something they thought they got away with years before. You were right about what you said. The only way to be really sure is to incinerate the clothes and throw the gun in the deepest part of the Thames. Anyway, like I said, it's only a matter of time. Modern science is a wonderful thing. Sean let his words sink in for a few seconds. Well, once again, thanks for your time. I'll be in touch if we find anything. He stood to leave as Stokes found his voice. I hope they give him life, he said without feeling. No one wants to see him walk free just because he claims to have some sort of mental health problem. Sean just nodded and kept heading towards the door, only stopping and turning once he'd reached the exit. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that, he assured Stokes. Sue Evans's killer will get life. That much, I can promise you. He slowly pushed the door to the studio's basement open and peered inside. Only entering once, he was sure no one was around. He closed the door behind him and leaned against it while he tried to control his rapid breathing. Lines of sweat ran down the sides of his face from his hairline. He was reminded of the morning, such a short time ago, when he had felt exactly the same as he did now. A mixture of terror and exhilaration, fear and determination. But above all else, the dreadful feeling of having cast the die only now to wish he hadn't. All of the feelings he'd expected when he pulled the trigger had never come to be, leaving him with an emptiness and coldness that was like being trapped in a bad dream, the feeling of being hunted. The split second before he'd fired, he'd almost changed his mind, was prepared to run, but he'd been sure that somehow she'd recognised him, despite the balaclava. She'd recognised his eyes. Once he'd realised, he had no choice but to go through with it, Every second since he'd cursed himself for not wearing mirrored sunglasses. A simple pair of sunglasses that would have saved both their lives. And now the police were sniffing around the studio, asking everybody and anybody questions about her. He'd assumed they'd be hanging around for the first day or so, and that they may even want to speak to him if he was unlucky. But for them to still be here, asking questions, it concerned him deeply intensifying the fear that plagued him every second, whether he was awake or asleep. 
He reminded himself they'd already charged the stalker with her murder, an almost perfect suspect, one that everyone seemed happy to convict and lock away. Everyone, that is, except the overconscientious D.S. Corrigan. But without hard evidence to the contrary, even he would eventually have to accept the stalker's guilt. He pushed himself away from the door and headed for where he'd returned the clothes he'd worn that terrible morning. The boiler suit hidden in plain sight amongst the other items on the rack. The balaclava and gloves stuffed back in the boxes he took them from. He'd assumed they would remain there until they were thrown out or incinerated to make room for new props. The revolver, too, he'd planned to leave where it lay until it was no longer needed, after which it would have been broken down and disposed of. The perfect place to hide the tools of murder, right under everyone's noses, but where they would never think to look. But now Corrigan's little speech had changed his mind. He couldn't risk any of the things Corrigan had suggested.